Guess what, guess what, guess what? Me and Dusty are in the same room touching. Oh, the electric. Oh, so Dusty is in Florida. Uh, he is here at Rad Inc. And he brought two young budding tat, uh, tatter tots. Tat lordesses. Tat lordesses. <laughs> tat lord and lordess. Um, and we're just going to be kicking it the next few days, but it was really cool. Uh, Dusty's a nice guy. He made sure he showed up so he could tattoo on a Tuesday for one of our favorite clients. Um, so he is here and he's going to tattoo her tomorrow. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, we're here together at the same time. But uh, let's do the, the thank yous. Thank you to Gabe and Guy and everyone at the Reinventing Network that makes this a possibility and gives us a place where we can do something tattooers don't typically do, typically do, and that's talk about feelings. So uh, really stoked you guys are all here with us today um, for this in-person episode. Yeah. So if you've not seen it before, Dusty lives in Ohio, and he's hardly ever here. We've never done one in person, have we? Once. One, oh, I yes. Was, I was getting tattooed. Yes, by Medusa. By Medusa. Yes. We did not know she would be tattooing live on reinventing and was very put on the spot. Very put on the spot. I'm very nervous. And she did great. She did absolutely wonderful. I just thought it was really cute um, the way she had such a hard time like finding her center there. Hey, hey, trying to get a little more light here from the front of us. It's kind of an all or nothing sort of. It is, isn't it? There we go. Or something like that. No, it doesn't really bring much. Yeah, it kind of does. Ah, oh, fuck it. Whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, sorry, like little <laughs> little squirrel moment happened there. Um, but yeah, so we were uh, just discussing what what we wanted the topic to be for today, uh, and we came to the conclusion uh, that we just kind of wanted to talk about imposter syndrome. Classic, classic uh, imposter syndrome. You know, self-doubt comes along with that. Um, so actually, I feel like we both kind of have a little bit to, to tell today, so... Yeah. Uh, I just started going to a shaman locally and she's awesome. And we're exploring a lot of wacky stuff, right? Uh, I've met a spirit guide um, that I'm now communicating with on a regular basis, which is really funny because it's nothing different than what I'm used to doing. I'm just paying attention to it and calling it something different now. You know, it's like, it's basically like following, following your intuition and things like that, right? Um, and I feel like the imposter syndromes come up a lot there with all this soul, like soul searching stuff I'm doing. Because like, I'm not a shaman, you know. I like, I'm I'm pretty good in mental wellness. Uh, you know, I think a lot, I meditate a lot, I breathe intentionally a lot. But like, this person is like going into parts of my story and retrieving information, and I'm like, wow, okay, so you're built up different than me. Like you're you. You've got some different muscles to flex. So my my imposter syndrome is like I'm not as good at, as you mm. at doing this soul searching, uh, you know, mental spiritual deep diving. Like so, my imposter syndrome is I don't I don't know how to communicate with my spirit guide that I'm in. 
which is wacky because that's the whole reason you're going to them. You know, you don't go to the doctor and be like, I don't know the medical jargon. Like, that's why you're paying them. Right. But it is hard when it is something that you are, if you went to the doctor and you also are in medical school, that right. you're like, it's different. Uh, I, I feel like I should be the, the medical guy in the room and you're uh, totally outclassing me here. Um, yeah, so I feel that way a lot. Um, I feel outclassed in a sense. Um, but then, you know, she never makes me feel that way. That's a me thing. Yeah. Um, and then... I, I went to her house because me and her husband were, were going to go kayaking together. And, and like, that's another weird thing. Like, I go to my shaman's house, which is a two-story <laughs> fucking, you know, like, multi-bedroom fucking house in a nice area and shit. And it's like, you know, you think you're going to a teepee in the woods, right? Yeah. So I go to pick up my friend, you know. Um, actually, we just did a concert. He just did a concert here Saturday. Uh, so if you see me advertise yeah. that. So... <clears throat> We went to this kayaking trip together, but when I picked him up, I saw her and I was like, I'm having so much hard time communicating. And she goes, stop trying to say that. Basically like, shut the fuck up and tattoo, yeah. you know? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like she gave me my advice in the way that I would give it. Like, Well, especially something so much as like shamans, you're doing like introspection, inner peace, breathing. It's funny to overthink. Because, oh, that's all I'm doing. Not thinking you know and just like uh, allowing and the, receiving the metaphor that i always use is like put on a song and ask somebody to intentionally clap off me you can't you get that thing in your head and you're trying to like eh, but like your body wants to fall under yeah rhythm. but when you try to force it it gets so weird so yeah like it's such a weird thing to like lay there in bed at night and turn off the lights and maybe have a sound machine going and go okay stop thinking go to bed like you can't make yourself do it so yeah to sit there and like think like well and that's what i've been doing <clears throat> yeah so i found out my spirit guide that i met the one that i'm communicating with her name is sarah she's a lioness right okay so like i'm like asking her like all right sarah what's the direction i'm going to take and i'll ask that like before bed or i'll ask that before i go on a, a drumbeat journey and like i don't get the answers you know and so it's it's not like it's not like she comes in and she says, hey, Robbie, this is Sarah. I'm telling you this answer yeah. to this question. It's, oh, there's a different feeling. Like, so that was a couple of days ago uh, on a, this Wednesday that just passed. Okay. When we went kayaking and she told me that. Saturday she came for the concert that her husband did. Um, and she was actually a part of it too. But like, then I was like, yeah, so the communication started working more. And I realized like, it's those it's those words in my head that it's like, hey, don't be ashamed of that. Yeah. You're enjoying yourself. Hey, you're a good person. Mm -hmm. You know, like <clears throat> when you're doing something and you get you get this confirmation, but like I told her, there is a different feeling. And the feeling is it's not somebody else's voice. It's my inner knowing speaking so strongly, it's saying it with its chest. That's so good. that's the different feeling that when Sarah speaks to me. It's really just me listening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, if you want to get weird, then, you know, let's talk all the spiritual stuff. But like, if you want to just make it normal, like it isn't fucking weird. It's just normal. It's just listening to your intuition and trusting yourself and believing that you already know what you're doing and you're on a good path. And when you ask for an answer, it comes. It's yeah. just not God coming in and saying, son, this is the answer. And, and it's such a, when people think revelations, 
and introspection and especially when you word when you immediately attach the word shaman to it mm -hmm. i immediately think somebody in like tassels right taking you to the desert right like the fucking jim morrison on peyote right dancing with the staff and that shit we will do together when we get there yeah, at some get point there, right? it is like, part of it that's right why stereotypes often exist because like they're born out of it's real to a but degree like, but like regular Monday, shaman Monday, your shaman yeah like, might have like a couch and Netflix and shit like that. And they put, um, and they eat regular food and yeah. sometimes it's pizza. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> so which is so, so much more of it if you were like, oh, I'm going on a spiritual journey with my shaman. I would be like, that's a funny sentence to hear. Right. But if you're like, oh, I'm getting dominoes with my shaman, that's way more ridiculous. Dude. To like, yeah. Um, yeah. So I get that. It's wild. And like, we sat around talking after the concert Saturday night. Yeah. Like, she's a regular person with feelings and emotions and she's normal. You know? Yeah. Like, and and I say normal, like, it's a fucking thing. Like, normal, like, just a regular human. Yeah. You know, it, it's not the tassels and the fucking smoke billowing around them all the time and shit. You know, like, dude, like, I go in there and it's like a fucking life coaching session. Yeah. So we talk about my life. And then, like, she gives her like her insight, and uh, you know, we talk about what's gone down since the last meeting. And then, like, I lay down, and she does this drum beat, and we go on this journey together. And she goes on my behalf, and I still just journey into the void. I don't even fucking feel or see any. But then, when we get come out of it, and I'm like, I didn't see nothing. And then, 15 minutes later, I'm like, Well, I saw this. Yeah. So, and like the one thing I saw the last time was like. I think it was a feeling of like three boys, like me and my two brothers, all similarly aged, like me and my two brothers. Yeah. In front of a malt shoppy on our bicycles and some like 1950s type shit. Yeah, just to give the feeling, right? Yeah. You know? And like I thought nothing of that. But then I then I brought that up and she's like, so you know, you have strife with your brothers. You know, maybe this is like a connection of like you feel safe and comfortable with that idea of you guys being young boys having fun yeah. at the malt shop you know what i'm saying like on your bicycles like being kids together and like you feel some sort of like safety in that like 1950s feel-good family way and i'm like yeah, yeah I, I could totally like right like if, if you're american from our time frame that's kind of a warm feeling yeah so knowing that knowing that unravels a lot for me oh i really value the relationship with my brother is if we could all get along and yeah. have fun and make it beautiful. And the grounding of once upon a time, we did get, we were kids once. We didn't always, things weren't always yes. how they are now. Yes. Yeah, man. And so like, um, I think it's, 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 it's actually really cool and very healing for me to talk about this in public um, because it feels weird to say things like I'm going to a shaman <laughs> and I'm paying them money to fucking take me on journeys and like, it just feels weird, right? But like, it's just my version of a therapist or a coach yeah. that I feel like works for me right now. Like I've gone to traditional therapy, thought it was cool, but I feel like I need more limitless rule breaky stuff. Yeah. You know, so that's where I find my teachers and my coaches, every, you know. Every pot finds its lid. Yes, sir. It's like my favorite saying. I love it. Dude, my, and my therapist that I've been going okay. to is the most very traditional 
cardigan over the button down, okay, khakis, okay. chill guy. He's younger, but it's funny because every once in a while I'll say something and he laughs. And that, that is my malt shopping, is that if I yep. can say something and you can laugh, I immediately feel a connection of like, we're joking, you're not. If I say something we're funny here, yeah. and you're like, uh, like I've had a therapist like that before through BetterHelp that I would make jokes and she would be like, huh. I know, like nothing makes you feel more crazy and uncomfortable yes. and in the wrong than being like, here's my, how I communicate. And then being like, interesting. Yeah. Like, oh, um, yeah. Whereas, you know, I'll talk with this guy and I'll just say something every once in a while that, you know, oh, this, this, and this, and it'll just be like a little quip. Um, we were talking about family relations stuff and, uh, you know, I was like, it's some, something to the extent of, he's like, well, what about your family's medical, like mental health issues? Um, you know, what, what do they have a lot of? And I'm like, oh, there's a lot of anxiety. And, uh, you know, he had said something, well, well, do you think that you have anxiety? And I was like, what would somebody with anxiety say? <laughs> something like that. Like, I'll, I'll hit him right. questions back. And he's just like, all right, touche, touche. And I'm like, cool, you're a human. You get me. You we could, like the same you said yeah. with her that she has thoughts and feelings and takes shits and eats dominoes. You're a human too. You have thoughts and feelings. Yeah. And uh, it's nice to know, feel you're not alone. You feel like you're talking to someone that you can relate to. And that helps a lot because there are therapists and shamans and healers and, you know, mentors and all of that that you will talk to that even if they're outstanding in their field, the best shaman in all of florida the best therapist the best whatever if you don't connect with that it's not then like you can't you can't well, open up you can't we're both super solid tattooers but if we can't connect with our clients yeah what's the fucking point of them getting tattooed by us yeah you know go get tattooed by somebody the experience is going to mean something because it's way easier to fall in love with a bad tattoo attached to a good experience versus falling in love with a great tattoo that has a bad experience. I I have not naming names uh, because both the person that got the tattoo and the artist are both people that I know and like, and they're both awesome at what they do. Um, but that artist just put in their headphones the whole time. Right. The person that got the tattoo was like, I, you know, they're like, I ended up talking to the artist next to them the whole time about audiobooks, And it was what it was like, they're like, that part was fun, but they're like, I just didn't like that. That's not the experience I like. I want to fucking go to dinner with you. I don't want yeah. to just fucking sit on our phones together and not say a word. And I you know? occasionally <laughs> tattoo something on someone where I'm like, you know, doing like a geometric pattern on ribs. And I'm like, hey, try not to talk too much because your whole, you know, upper body is moving. Um we will talk before and after and during but like we just need to be kind of quiet for a minute what's your favorite song what would you like to listen to because you have to but other than that if it's not like a dire situation i want to talk with my clients occasionally right. i view it as almost like a little personal victory that someone will bring headphones and they'll be like oh i'm gonna pop my earbuds in in a minute and then three hours later the tattoo's done and they never put their earbuds in it's like yeah dude I, that happens a lot yeah and i love that I yeah love i love that so too cool. There are people that don't want that though. On the opposite side of that, there are people like me that want to chat and clients that want to just put in their headphones in bed. It's like, yeah, let's find them their fit as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and sometimes, like, like my one of my clients, the last dude I tattooed on Saturday, um, he was going through a lot. 
you know, going through a divorce and like possible reconciliation, but he's also buying his own house. And if that, if the marriage doesn't work, then the house is like an investment. So he's like real dude, he's really thinking his next couple steps yeah. out. He's very disappointed in who he was at times in his relationship. And he wished he could have been different to make it not go this way, but it did go this way. He's quitting smoking cigarettes and weed, not because he thinks they're bad, but because he doesn't want to use these crutches. Um, like, so he's really, really, really going through a lot. He got uh, the heart chakra tattooed on his chest real big. Okay. And um, pretty open about like coming for the healing. You know what I'm saying? Um, but that was one of the things I forgot where, where I was going with this now. Talking with people and oh, that was yeah. one of the things. Yeah, some sometimes, every so often, he'd apologize. He'd be like, "I'm gonna go away for a minute, man." And I'm like, "No, I'll get you, player." Yeah. And like, but for me, like, I like that because then I either just go into my own head or just get lost in the piece, or like songs come on and I start singing, and I'm like, "They don't need me. I don't need them. We're playing individually together." Yeah, you know, and like we're just playing and having fun. And we're learning how to get through this together, right? One of my favorite things but about yeah, that, was that fun. is the, the reality snapback. Yes. Where you'll be you come back to the time travel. And you're two hours in. Yep. You chatted. And then you didn't chat for a minute. You chatted. And like everything's going well. Nobody feels awkward. But it'll just get quiet for like 15, 20 minutes. And you're just really focusing on something. And you're going. And then the right song comes on. It's like, and it's like, Billy Idol, you know, he was yeah. playing at the phrase downtown recently. Oh, yeah. And then just like, it, it's, it's like, like you the see comes back in. Yeah. And like, you just haven't talked to him in months and you're like, where are you? Like, it just clicks. And you're just like, yeah, we never had that weird 20 minutes where we both just completely disassociated. Right. We're just now we're talking about Billy Idol or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I love being in a shop where. The shop that I'm at, the shop here, I know you've got the door shut right now because we're recording, but when that door is open, everybody's in one room watching clients start to interact and then the artists start to interact. See my clients interact and all the way across yeah, the fucking shop in the, the corner. Yeah. The shop apprentice is floating in. Yeah. Like, oh, what are you guys talking about? And it turns artists out bringing me their work, clients showing me things that just got done. Yeah, I fucking love it, man. There is the shop that I work at. Uh, we did the seventh flash sale since I have worked at this particular shop Saturday. And it went overly well. The the MVP, our piercer slash tattoo artist, she did 19 tattoos and I think 18 piercings. Uh, I did 13 tattoos. Kayla and Will both did, I think, 11, 12 tattoos. Will might have done. Like, we tattooed a lot. We stayed busy. Um, there has been this growing joke. Our friend Amanda works the front desk when we do these. And the trade is she's just perfect with people. And she knows enough about the tattoo industry to, like, work the front desk, make stencils, like, she comes in in a pinch when we do these events right. um, and she'll be there for, we, she got there at about 11. We all left at like 3 a.m. Technically the next day, she busts her ass and the trade-off is she hasn't paid for a tattoo in a long time and she gets a lot of tattoos. She gets a lot of really cool tattoos, if I may say so myself. Well, if I you're did the, at the shop and the, the new player Wasteland Barbie, I just did yeah. all that. That was on her. Um, super cool chick, but she... We'll talk to these people and it keeps such this upbeat air of yeah. like even if i'm waiting five hours to get my hundred dollar hand size little whatever uh you know we're getting snacks everybody's joking we're having fun that energy carries into the back room then they're starting to come back to booths to get tattooed 
And then strangers that they just met two hours ago are coming back during their tattoo. How did it go? I want to yeah. get And it's become this big inside joke. I missed one, uh, but I'm six for seven on flash sales for tattooing someone's ass. And the rule is it has to happen organically. It can't be like, you got to get your ass tattooed. Or like, get your ass tattooed. Someone shows up every time. I think the third or fourth one, I was like, I wonder if it'll happen organically again. This girl shows up at 11.30 before we even start tattooing. She's like, hey, I know it doesn't start till noon, but I've been waiting in the lot. Really got to pee. Can I come in and use the bathroom? And I'm like, yeah, you just you can get tattooed now. Like, we're, we'll start now. Everybody's here. She comes in. And she's like, before I even get tattooed, and it happened to be me that she talked to, she's like, is anybody here comfortable with tattooing my ass? And I'm just like, yeah. Um, this, this time around, it was this guy that he waited like three hours, uh, kind of, kind of, slightly country-ish guy um kind of like like thick rip like definitely like, like the guys yeah. that throw the fucking beer kegs and shit wanted the most lisa frank bright colored psychedelic little this mushroom flash we did on his ass I and like it. everyone waiting there was like 20 more people waiting we came back slowly one by one hey amanda said we could come back and pee we heard he's actually doing it can i see you? the guy's like check out my butt and all of the other clients are laughing everybody That's else is laughing and it creates such a um which is way off topic from self-doubt <laughs> but we just you know that whole thing of we were finding the, the plot finds the lid and everything yeah. but like it is such a nice thing when everybody does gel and that'll be my way of steering it back because that's what we were talking about. You have to have the right shaman, you have to have the right therapist, you yes. have to have the right tattoo artist, you have to have the right client. And like um, that, that kind of ties in. So my friend Jeremy Miller, he um he's a tattooer, uh, phenomenal tattooer. He's a big inspiration to a lot of my work. Uh, I Texas. Okay. Uh, I feel like I know that. Is. So the money clip on the wall right there, yeah. I just got that tattooed on my thigh. Nice. Um, by him. Nice. So uh. Man, bring me back again. Uh, moving it back to imposter syndrome. Jeremy Miller tattooed you. Every pop finds a lid. Man, I lost that one. Mm. Well, it was a nice shout out to Jeremy Miller. Anyways. Yeah, love you, buddy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll probably come back around to it. Uh, but like, one of the things that she ended up doing at our last session she brought me in, well, she went into the chamber of sadness in my heart, because your heart has nine chambers, right? Okay. So she brought me to the chamber of sadness, and I just had this image of what I knew it looked like in there. So I had to go home and start painting it. So you're going to see that painting when you go to the house. Started it. I haven't, I, I did like an hour, hour and a half speed paint session. I was going to say, so it's done, because you're going <laughs> as fast as you do. Um, I I take much longer on my paintings, but I have a good I have a good start. Um, but so it was weird. So once again, I didn't know how to communicate or how to like feel the medicine of the moment later on, right? Um, and then the other day, I woke up and I knew I was off, and I knew I needed to cry, and I fucking broad like it was bad um not bad but like it was yeah it was rough it was a lot of dirt and grime coming out right 
And it was funny because uh, Disney movies make me cry a lot. <laughs> uh, they always hit some sort of life lesson that I'm fucking going through, right? Moana and Encanto always make me cry. Um, and so one of our friends bought Zen a little box that you put little figurines from from different movies and whatnot on the box and it plays songs from the movies. Okay. So he was playing with that. Donna takes him out in the living room and it's still playing. And some of these songs that get me are playing and I'm just fucking falling and falling and falling. And like in the moment, I was very upset. Like I was like, fuck, I hate this. I don't want to feel like this. Why am I so fucked up? Like, why can't I stop fucking crying? When I'm the guy that fucking is always preaching real men cry and crying and letting out your emotions is good and it's healthy. But when I'm in it, I don't fucking really always remember those teachings that I give um, and all the knowledge that I have. I just feel this is icky and yucky is hard and hard is not where I want to be. So let me get the fuck out of here. Instead of saying I'm going to learn. Things. Yeah. Do you ever find when those things happen that even though you tell others it's okay, that you don't feel that it's okay for yourself? No, because I hold myself to a higher standard than I hold everyone else to, right? Okay. So, like, so yes. You know, yeah, yeah. That, that perfectionism that we all carry around to a degree shows up. Yeah. So it's like, but no, I don't need that. <laughs> I tell others to process stuff right. like this, in this way. I can tell them because I have everything figured out. But at the same time, when you come out of it and you're like, I don't have everything figured out. I know that crying is medicine. I know that it's fucking watering my soul. I know it's healing. I know it's ugly, icky, dirty stuff that's got to come out. And this is also communication from Sarah, right? Yeah. This is the feelings that I'm getting when I'm saying these things. That's what it feels like when I'm hearing her telling things. Like, okay, as I'm fucking being confident in myself, I'm like, fuck, these are my truths. But I'm not here when I'm there. Yeah. Because you can't feel joy and sadness exactly at the same time fully. You have to fucking like be in one or the other. Yeah. Right? So like I'm fully in sadness. And this was like probably Friday morning or so. Okay. So it was like a week and a half since my last session. Still processing it all. But then when I saw Shannon, my shaman at the shop Saturday night. I was like, yo, I fucking cried my dick off. And I was like, it was fucking gross. And then, and like, just had, she had that smile like, eh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, I'm getting it now. Like, I already know it, but like now I'm getting it in a different way. And you like know? your, you said Shannon? Shannon. Yeah. Shannon probably cries too. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such a weird thing to think about. It, it, it's that same when the foot switches, you're like, well, I tell people this, I don't feel this way. And then you right. go through it and you're like, oh, I'm supposed to be better than this. And then you feel embarrassed because it does become this imposter syndrome that you're like, now I have, you know, who polices the police, who polices the police of the police. You know, right. Right. Now there's the, I help people with this. This person is the step above me. They're the person I go to. And now I'm trying to teach these people this, but I experience it too. And now I've got to tell, you know, fucking perfect shannon about it and it's like the reality is that shannon also shits and eats dominoes and cries and right and it's funny because i do notice areas in her real life where she's not perfect and i do that on purpose so that way i can feel less bad about myself you know not that i want to fucking take my friends apart or fucking take down my teachers and my mentors and my 
my my my helpers and my healers. Um, but I do like to see people fuck up. You know, uh, hip always says the other foot. The other you foot. Know? I was like, going to say that was essentially the conversation that we met over. Yes, coming to Ohio to see the other foot, which we're seeing the fuck out uh, of. Uh, um, but you saw a lot of other people there's other feet and met a lot of cool people. And I did. Good came from made a lot of great connections, relationships, which is awesome. But there's there's nothing petty about noticing the other foot as long as you're not noticing it to, to be like to be better and to manipulate a situation. Yeah, if you're noticing others' flaws to raise yourself up to I can be that too because we all have to flaws. Bring yeah. them down. Yes. To me, yes. To Absolutely. The, the chamber of sadness. Yeah. <laughs> you're fucking here with me, Shannon. Right. Right. And like you don't want to do that to other people because my truth is I do want to live in love and I do want to be kind and I do want to treat people well. So like, no, I don't want to fucking bring you into my chamber of sadness, but you have your own yeah. and you go there and that's normal and that's okay. And knowing that is enough to bring me up because like, oh, you get down too. Hopefully we can all be up together. Right. And like, I, I love that this conversation has gone in so many different directions uh, and it started with self-doubt and imposter syndrome because like all these things are a part of that. Like when I broke down self-care and self-love to someone the other day in the shop, like I got it even more. I was like, oh, I've never broken it down that easily before. Yeah. Because it's like, it's like fucking doing the things you know you need to do for you. Yeah. Maintaining a healthy sex life, maintaining a healthy living routine, uh, eating right, but also giving yourself fucking snacks that are tasty and not good for you and cheat meals and all the yeah. things that are great on the other side of it. Um, going wakeboarding for me, because I love wakeboarding, getting a massage, uh, going to the chiropractor because they're my friends and I like just maintaining a healthy body. Yeah. Uh, going to the gym is self-love and self-care. Yeah. yeah, dude. So it's like, when you say self-love, you don't think of all those things. Yeah. You think it's gotta be some grand gesture that's amazing and it changed my life. But it's like not, you and know. It, and it's different for everyone. And I love that as you described those things, you said this, this, this for me. This right. because I love this. Uh wakeboarding to somebody that can't swim and is terrified of sharks in the ocean is not going to be we don't do it in the ocean it is. yeah or, yeah but, scared of water creatures yeah no yeah, totally, no, totally and that's the whole thing and then there's yeah. some other guy on the further end of the spectrum that's like jumping off some boat in the middle of the ocean on a board and i'm like no nope. you know i'm like nope that scares me everybody yeah. finds their thing and the sooner that we all step back because it is all again self-doubt in comparison when you can see other people doing and being happy with something and you can't make the square peg fit in the round hole that creates so much like doubt and imposter syndrome and like it's so easy for them why isn't it for me um there's a a guy who is no longer uh with us unfortunately he's that good you knew him as well uh we didn't always get along but we always had each other's back he asked me to tag in on just like the tattoo i was showing you with the rose the mandala tagged in on multiple tattoos because it was my work and that dude could not pull a line to save his life but he could do on my amazing picture on my best day the best portrait i could ever conjure up wouldn't hold a candle to his like i woke up late i'm rushing today portrait everyone has their thing but the same way that i'm looking at him and i'm like fuck you for being able to do that he was looking at me 
doing a whole fucking geometric mandala and being like, fuck you for being able to do that. Well, so, and that's another thing. So with the imposter syndrome of being an artist um, and your specific imposter syndrome around realism, because I've seen you murder realism <laughs> and I've seen you have your ass handed to you. Yes. But you've murdered it more. And your idea of getting, my idea of you getting your ass handed to you, really the tattoo wasn't that there's, bad. There's other but I know you got your ass handed yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can see where you would want to go back and freshen and things, right? Yeah. But then I've also seen you where you should be fucking proud. And so I went through this very similar thing with realism, right? That old Greg, I did that drunk as fuck <laughs> after hours in like six sessions over 10 years ago. Yeah. On one of my best friends in the whole wide world that's now a doctor. <laughs> And I was still terrified that I didn't know how to do realism. Yeah. And you I, killed it. I did that from a fucking pixelated photo. Because this is over 10 years ago now. And we didn't have the access to high quality images. Yeah. So the photo of the YouTube video of old Greg. And then I fucking just Xeroxed it. And blew it up and blew it up and blew it up. Until it was big guy man thigh size. Yeah. So it was this fucking big. From a picture this fucking big, I obviously crushed the fucking shit out of it. And it took me years to realize that I knew how to do realism at. Yeah. Like it wasn't around, it was like around when I started dating Donna, I did this fucking tiger portrait that's just balls deep good. And I'm like, dude, there's no way someone can tell me I'm not amazing at fucking realism. There you go. And like that was right after I was in the pain of somebody telling me, don't do realism. You do cartoons. That's where you, you should stay. Yeah. But like he wanted to do realism and he wanted to be the big dog in the shot. RIP. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. But uh, <laughs> like um, me and him had, we, we had very brotherly relationship. Very, very, very painful at times. Yeah. Um, and he was threatened by me. So he didn't want me to do portraiture. So he made me feel less than about it. Then when I went to the homie shop after that, he's like, nah, man, you're a killer, do whatever you want. And I was like, whoa, no shit. And then I meet Donna and she's like, honestly, I like your fucking realism better than your new school. And I was like, don't ever say that, that hurts too much, but thank you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the long way around is what we took. Point is, stop doing that to yourself. Uh, I'm working you, on. you already have realism pretty well nailed. You just have to do it more so you stop feeling bad about it. So that's that was like my bit of medicine to you during this like, that I didn't think we were gonna actually has, pull out. But it has gotten better. I am working on it. But definitely I, need to acknowledge that you've got it. It it's harder when you work with people that are good at things, but also good people. Because, mm -hmm. like you said, you had a guy that came to you and said, "Hey, man, keep doing cartoons because you kill it, and that's where you're at." And it sounds authentic, but in reality, it's, hey, I'm threatened by you coming at my plate, stay in your own fucking lane, but I'm doing it like I'm doing you a favor. Whereas like the people that I work with is genuinely like, this person kills realism. This person kills, I just showed you a little stuff, like the crazy stippily stuff, you know, and he's fast at it. Um, the same way that if anybody walked in and would be like, oh, I want to get like bold, colorful, traditional, they're going to be like, okay, this guy, but it's not out of, oh, I don't want to do it. It's out of this person is going to do so much better. Right. We all stay fed. Right. Everybody's happy. And there's not an imposter syndrome there because everybody's just so stoked on each other. 
which is awesome, but it also does turn into like, well, now I'm not flexing those muscles and doing realism here and there. Now I'm not doing this and that. So it's it's weird to find a balance where you don't feel like you're, you know, stepping on each other's toes or even like disenfranchising the clients at that point. They're like, yeah, I really want to take a swing at this. I'm gonna, and they get a good tattoo. Right. And then they see, you know, Kayla over here doing this dog portrait that's phenomenal. And they're like, oh, what was I not put with that person? They're clearly the, the fucking guy. Uh, so it, it's a weird tightrope. And I love it because the metaphor that I've always used is a lot of people, if you play music or you know music well enough that you know about playing music, you would know um, things that maybe the common people don't know. Oh, you know how to play music. I assume you play everything. So if you saw a guy, the metaphor I always use is if someone killed it at your sister's wedding playing the violin, you wouldn't hire them to play drums for your rock band. They have their instrument, they have their thing. But a lot of clients on the outside, if they see you do a portrait and you crush it, that guy can make that. My fucking whole paragraph of the Bible, it's just you're just tracing letters. That ain't exactly, yeah. And it's like, no, there's another person here that's better for that. And that guy is passionate about that. Loves lettering, loves doing this. And I'm the, the average client doesn't understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you met Trusty when yes. you were in Dayton. Yes. Since he is now at a different show, he's the truth and triumph. Yeah. Uh, and he seems to be fucking fortunate. He's tattooing every day now. He seems really happy. There have been a couple of people. He's he crushed yeah, it. Good, dude. Yeah. And there's a couple different people that have reached out to me and they're like, hey, I want to do lettering. I'll do lettering all day. It's line work, but they'll send me some reference and it's like lettering, lettering. Like, trusty definitely looks at big meets and it's like, that's the guy. BJ Best. And they'll send me yeah, some twice, shit like, like yeah, that. All the lettering and I'm yeah. like, hey, I know this guy at this other shop. You should hit him up. And at the end of the day, it's nice to be com a, comfortable enough that I'm not so hungry. Right. They're like, if I don't tattoo this fucking super dope lettering, I'm going to starve. Like, I can afford to do it, right. but also to gas somebody else up and to see them flourish because they just came from a shop where, like, they weren't being promoted. They weren't getting a lot of work. So now this dude's flourishing. I can send someone cool to him, but I know at the end of the day that client's going to get a really, really good tattoo. And from somebody, like, your words, is passionate about it. Um, Absolutely. Dude, I've gotten to a weird point in my career now. So... I'm a number of different people because I've been doing this almost 30 yeah. years, right? So I've worn a, a bunch of different hats um, and I like some of those hats from the past. Yeah. There's part of being a hustling street shop artist that, dude, like Abby, the young one that's the, yeah. the, the newest one that's yeah. here, bro, I have so much respect for that kid because she grew up down south doing street shop stuff. And I'm like, bro, if you grew up in South Florida doing street shop stuff, like being a pretty girl, on top of that, like yeah. that's a lot, bro. And you and you're still here. You made it, like yo. So like that's a part of me that's big. I did a lot of street shopping. I did a lot of hustling. The only guy in the shop all the time, learning every style because I didn't want to turn anything away back in the day, right? Yeah. Then I went to specialist artist, and that guy was kind of a cunt. He acted like he had an art degree and shit. Not even aimed at you, just anybody that is. That's who I was. Yeah. Yeah, but what? That, oh, obviously, that's something that I love about like Kayla specifically is that she wants to do realism. She wants to be a specialist artist, but she equally at least once a week, at least twice a week is like, I'm going to do this big mandala. Right. Like, she can fuck the tribal on someone's stomach. She wants to stretch herself. And that yeah. I want to never fall out of practice. Right. But if there's a month where people just don't want to pay a thousand dollars for a portrait, you just get tribal. I'm going to be fucking... <laughs> 
Zayden and Caden and OK then and Braden. And yeah, yeah. I'm doing all the lettering. I'm doing all the mandalas. And she, uh, we just had that flash sale. She was kind of joking. Again, we all tattooed for like 15 hours straight. She's like, I know I haven't been pulling enough lines because my hand hurts really bad after that. And it's like, on the one hand, kudos to you for realizing that. On right. the other hand, okay, flex that muscle. Do it here and there. Yeah. But you can still be, but there are other people on the flip side of that. The last shop I was at, there was a couple guys one day. A guy came in and he literally just wanted a Roman numeral 11 XI right there, that big. And uh, we had apprentices that would have set him up, torn him down, everything. And they were 250 an hour. This guy was like, cool. He was willing to pay 250 bucks for XI. And they were like, we don't do lettering. We don't do live. And just let that dude, not only that, but they let that dude walk away with without that direct, experience. Without directing him to somebody else in the shop that could have given him a good experience yeah. or so. Or a different, yeah, no, I get you. And it, it's so like, I get it that you didn't want to do it and you walked that guy and you think right. you saved face, but like just made the whole shop look like a bunch of ass hats. Yeah, just and the beatest ass hats. That's yeah. who I've been. Uh, I've also been the humble one, but I've been that one too. Um, and like when Donna was pregnant, I didn't, I had no love for tattooing uh, outside of just my general love for it. I was like, I don't need to be there right now. Like, it's yeah. too much. So, like, I didn't really want to come back to the shop at that point. I thought I was going to fucking, like, go on to a different career field and start just coaching full time. But then I didn't really love the dirty work over there. I loved the coaching, but I didn't love the selling. And there was a lot of time on the Internet, like, just on my phone all the time. Like, I was, in, I was at home working, but yeah. I was in the room. I, I wasn't, it just wasn't, it didn't feel aligned, right? And now I finally found my way around wearing different parts of the hats. You know what I'm saying? I am a specialist, but I'm a multi-specialist. Cover-ups, realism, yeah. uh, new school, uh, optical illusions, blackout, fuck, 90s tribal. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can take happiness and knowing that you can do it all while saying, this is where I excel. This is what I want to do. Right. And if you have a good leadership is only as good as the collaboration between everybody if you have a good shop with people that you can say hey i will fucking kill anything if it is needed if you walk in and no one else is available i can do your travel i can do your yeah. lettering i can do whatever but you just happen to walk in on the day that you know fucking lizard is here and she loves doing fucking crazy colorful shit right so she's gonna kill it and you're gonna be stoked right and it is such a like i don't know i think I've been I've been looking a long hard look at leadership lately because of people that want to be leadership, people that think they are leadership, people that are leaders, leadership like it. Weird world. People that really want to tell you how much of a leader they are, and they're like put the word cult in front of leader. Um, you know, people that don't have any confidence and shouldn't be leaders. People that don't have any confidence, but would be amazing leaders. And <laughs> looking at all of it and my relationship with feeling like a leader, feeling involved in things, looking at my relationship with how teams work and how things come together, it is very, I'm like, it's the, the machine only works as well as the weakest part. And if everybody can accentuate their strengths and hide their weaknesses and play off of each other, we can make such cool stuff Yeah, in art and business and everything. And like, it's cool to come places like this where you have a cool shop, you have a cool staff that does work. You were just talking about uh, Abby, right? Was yeah. that a girl that like meeting her earlier, like her personality was great, but you said like, yeah, we kind of hired her to be the street shop girl to take the walk in, to take this stuff, to take that stuff. And if there so happens that she finds this passion, 
to want to do, you know, a giant realism back piece and that client comes rushed, you can make it work. But she also kind of knows this is what I was hired for. This is what I excel at. This is what I'll do versus building imposter syndrome and resentments and like, well, why does everybody come in? And if they want full colorful stuff, then Lindsay will do it. But that's what I want right. to do. And not hating each other and not having that shop where people are like fighting over clients Tribes or not gelling. Yeah. And, you know, there's a girl who is interested in apprenticing. And I talked with her a little bit. Actually, I talked with her a lot of it. Uh, she was in for multiple tattoo sessions over the past little while. And that was something that we talked more about, less about actual learning and tattooing and where things go. And a lot more about how you have to find the right people. You have to find the right fit. Because it initially just started with me. Her being sent to me is like, hey, you know, every fucking tattoo or ever, where should she go? Where would be a good fit for her in Dayton? Who should she talk to? And I just ran into that recently where a girl came in with her portfolio. I chatted with her. Uh, Will chatted with her a little bit, but she like reached out to me like, hey, can I just get a critique? I'm going to every shop. I'm bringing my portfolio. Even if you have an apprentice, even if you don't want one right now, can you just take 10 minutes to sit and just look at my work and give me pointers? I ended up sitting with her for like two hours. We talked about a ton. I got her hooked up with the guy that originally apprenticed me. He just opened a new shop. Yeah. She's apprenticing under him. She's been on fake skin. She's already killing it. Like the pot found the lid kind of thing. Um, so it was kind of like, hey, you know, everybody, where do you think she would fit in? Who should you send her to? Because there's a few shops that she's been looking at that gave her an icky feeling or a few shops where the owner is maybe like under some scrutiny right now. And she's like, oh, never mind that. And so, you know, the more I talked to her, the more I was like, she in here really well. And so we're talking a little bit, but we talked more about that, that like you have to find the right people. You have to find your vibe. One person in the wrong element can just completely destroy the element. Toxicity does come from within like and it's not any more fair if a person goes to a shop where everybody gels and they're the odd man out it's not any more fair to them than it is to the rest of the shop they're like okay well let's find you your fit let's find them their fit um but it's just so important and it trumps leadership every time so you can have specialties and you can do things and it can avoid getting that weird doubt and imposter syndrome and wanting to fight people and not liking your shop. And I don't like this person gets these tattoos and I don't like that all the emails are being sent so-and-so and I don't like this. And it just turns into like, everybody's doing what they like. Not every day is our best day, but we're happy. Yeah. And it's, it's such a cool thing. And that's a big way to eliminate that doubt and that imposter syndrome because so much of it comes from, like you said, people that instead of, oh, my mentors and the people that I love have down days, that brings me up to their level. It's the, well, fuck them. I want to bring them down to my level. And that's in what I have been thinking about recently in conversations with people. The heart of imposter syndrome is less about the acknowledgement that maybe there are people better than you. There should be. You shouldn't always be the best person in the room or like life's all downhill from here. But the ability to say, okay, well, how can I bring others to where I'm at? How can I get myself to where this guy's at? How can we all bring each other up instead of letting that negativity and that doubt turn into like, well, just fuck all this, I'll burn it down. <laughs> so speaking of burning it down, what kind of shit popped up for you with this more recent apprentice attempt? Um, I mean, we'll see. It's still young. 
I'll talk with them. We'll kind of go from there. No, I mean, but inside of you, inside like, of me, like I mean, did your imposter syndrome pop up? And the only reason why I'm asking you this, because Kayla brought it up and said like self-doubt and shit. So I was like, and, and, okay, and it, like, so let's know, hear it. You know, where's your, what, what kind of self-doubt are you experiencing? Like it, it is, I ran a successful business for years. I have worked around shop for a long time. I had a fleet apprentice. I was like 17, 18, went in, helped run the shop. Like I have been around a lot of that stuff. Even when I wasn't in the tattoo industry, I was owning businesses or a business was one, but it lasted a long time. Working in customer service, working in a lot of this, I feel like I have a good amount to teach and I feel like I do have a lot of experience with certain things and there is a lot of cool stuff floating around, but for every bit of that goodness that you feel, hey, I've done this before, I might have something to contribute. There is always somebody or somebody's or some former boss or some whatever that we're always telling you that you are uncoachable. You're not fucking leadership material. You'll never have anyone listen to you. All you want to do is this and that. And the other. You shouldn't do realism. Yeah, it's hard to sit there and be like, well, these people told me that I couldn't teach. These people told me I couldn't be a leader. It doesn't matter if 800 people literally right next to me off camera are all going, you can do it. If there's one person off camera right there going, no, you can't. That's always the voice you're going to hear. Shouldn't be that way. I think for some people, it isn't that way, which is insane. Uh, I know people that probably should listen to the voice. That <laughs> think about this and they don't, but it does turn into like, should I? And especially with anything like any sort of mentorship, helping people, um, relating to people, it is like, if I do something stupid and take a gamble on myself and I fuck up, I am the only one that is hurt by that. Uh, which is funny because we had that exact conversation with getting somebody on a convention that the convention was like, ah, they need X amount of years on skin. Their portfolio is great, but you know, apply again next year. Uh, and you being like, fuck it, get them in there, you know, whatever. Then I'm like, I if it was me, Fuck it. Like, I remember being in bands that played 21 and up clubs, and I'm like 17, like having to sneak in for my own band show. I'm like, I don't know, what are they going to do? Kick me out while I'm playing? Like, um, Dude, I if it's it. for me, no fucks. But if it's like any sort of leadership, mentorship, it's like there's another human being that's putting their faith in you. Same, dude. I, I, I fucking skipped as much of. I tried to get away from the health department at this one convention in Tampa. I just didn't, uh, dude, I just don't like dealing with it. It was before yeah. me and Donna started dating. I'm like, they're just always just annoying to me. Unless they're cool. And a lot of the time they're not. So I'm like, you know what? This is stupid. You're just getting paid to do your job. Let me just get paid to do my job. I really don't want to adhere to your fucking bullshit. Like I need a, a fucking pair of scissors or like the, 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 yeah. the tweezers was the one. And nail clippers, that's what it was. In North Carolina, we had a nail clippers. So I just like try to avoid the health department when I used to travel. You know, a lot of the time, like I just hit Troy up and be like, ah, oh, my plans fell through. Can I hit up this show? And be like, yeah, come on. You know, so like I was very piratey, you yeah. know, and this is over five years ago. Fuck it. Five days ago. If it's for me. Right. Pirate's life. But like, dude, I, I avoided this health department in Tampa. And then the lady found me so she could take a picture with me and get all back. Mm -hmm. So love it. She gave no fucks about doing the inspection. She just wanted her picture in her eyes. Yeah. And I was like, God damn it. I'm stupid for dodging her all day. 
But like it happens. That's how I run it, right? I just yeah. I just play how I play. I run how I run. Um, but no, I get you. When it comes to this shop, we make sure we uh we don't break rules. Yeah, you know, and, and it's because you're in charge. <laughs> uh, and and I'm in charge of other people's. You're lives. in charge of other people's lives, and that's they the thing. Like can. If, if, if I if I'm yeah. a private studio and I fuck it up for me, fine, whatever. I fucked around. I found out. If I am in charge of any employees and they lose their job because I fucked around and found out, now they're finding out without fucking around. It's not yeah. fair to them. Yeah. And so that's really like anytime it involves other people, it's very. You got to have a lot of confidence to pull something like that off. And for this particular person too, after we chatted, I tattooed him in our flash sale. We chatted before the flash sale. We chatted that day. Um, they were like, well, what do you think about if I just came in? Because I don't have a lot of space at home to work on art. And I just came here to work on art and I can show you what I'm working on. And, you know, if I pester you enough, maybe you'll talk to me. And I was like, that's, I mean, that's how I got my apprenticeship back in the day. I just kept getting tattooed. I wasn't even old enough to get tattooed and I'm in there getting tattooed. And it hit the point where I felt comfortable enough that one day the phone rang and I just picked it up and I mean, a blue tattoo, like answered it, did that sort of stuff. And just like, I was like, you're stuck with me. So you may as well teach me how to fucking do the machine. Um, and th this girl, she's young. She's like 19. She already has an art degree and shit. She gave off that level of persistence and vibes. And the fact that she was like, I researched this shop, this shop, this shop, this shop. These shops seem a little weird. This shop actually seems super cool, which ironically was a her tattoo. Uh, she's like, but they just don't have room for an apprentice right now. And they said, they're not going to for a while. And I'm like, the fire is under my ass. Um, she like kind of name dropped a few shops. And she's like, I've heard gross stuff about this owner. I've heard gross stuff about that owner. I've heard gross stuff about this staff. There was a few shops that she said she really liked the work and the artists. And then somebody there was basically like, oh, you're going to be the new bitch on, like, would be like weird and sexual with her and stuff. And she's like, oh, I got to break the fuck out of there. But she was smart enough to be like, I look at a lot of options yeah. and I know my my strengths and weaknesses. I know the pros and cons of different shops. So to be like, this person is clearly willing to say no if she doesn't feel it. And then to come to you and be like, you feel like fit. it. It is humbling in a good way while equally being like terrifying. Right. That it's like, oh, I don't want to be responsible for your life. You clearly have good judgment well, good you're not, of you. and it's not, you're not <laughs> fully responsible for that yeah you have a level of responsibility as a leader to take care of them to the level of your degree that you can and, and i have been involved with the apprenticing of at least right. a dozen people so then what the fuck but you i wasn't it's you're the shop apprentice this dude seems to help you out the most like you you got uh, this you can you can live in an apartment and fuck that shit up because at the end of the day if something breaks the landlord comes through once you sign the lease and own a house and i say this to somebody who literally like their ceiling just got fucked up and is paying like three thousand dollars to fix it in a couple weeks uh because it was like this old like super heavy fucking concrete ceiling tile mm. and i was in akron and like i fucking like eight by eight chunk just caved in and the guy came out and was basically like, well, we have to replace this whole living room. It's going to look better. It's going to be way lighter. It's going to be great. It's going to take like a week and it's going to take like four grand. Uh, cool. And so, you know, when you're helping the shop apprentice as much as you can, but occasionally you want to dip out to do a convention or fuck off or whatever. And you're like, I'll see you later. When you buy the house, it's kind of like if their roof caves in, like I'm stuck. Uh, but you have to be the first one that's like mine. Right out of years and years so it would be 
I feel like the, the further along you go, the easier it gets. But it is that first one. It's 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 nerve wracking. And like I said, it seems like it's somebody that has promise. And so the last thing I want is to be responsible for destroying them. And I might not. You're not right. They might do all right. It might be. They're perfect. gonna be fine. Yeah. And they destroy or succeed. You yeah. don't. Like, dude. So this is from somebody that's had a lot of apprentices. Um, and I got really loose with my picking style the past few years. Um, and only one of those is still here. So I am making a different way to how they and I communicate. The cool thing is I didn't fuck up any of their lives. Every single one of those motherfuckers has a fucking job tattooing right now, except for the dipshits that I just had to fire before I put the in their hands. Um, one of them was on meth, or one of them was just a sweet boy that just... Wasn't cut out for it. Well, it's too cold for you, sweet boy. Uh, a couple, <laughs> another couple of sweet ones that just maybe it wasn't the right fit. They shouldn't have been here, and I sh I knew that, but I still gave them a chance anyway. Yeah. Um, I didn't fuck up anybody's life, dude. I made everybody's fucking life better because I taught them all how to make six figures plus a year if they do what I tell them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like. And like a lot of it, they don't even have to do what I tell them anymore. I just fucking gave them the foot in the door to get there. You are giving them such a larger opportunity by allowing them the opportunity to sit in your presence and learn your knowledge vicariously and physically through you. You're doing them way more of a service than you ever could be doing them a disservice. Unless you're trying to rape them, uh, unless you're being abusive or aggressive, yeah. Uh, overly aggressive. No. Because we're all going to be aggressive, right? Like yeah. teaching requires some tough love. I, I'm a firm believer that apprenticeship should come with some hard work. And there's a Dude, my nephew quit difference. because I had him paint a wall one time. And I was like, it wasn't meant for you, buddy. I love you. There, there, so yes. Yeah. I don't know if when you were in Dayton, if you met Aaron or not, that owns the business with Hips Wife, the cleaning service. Yes, he's awesome. You tattooed his face. Love. Dude, Luke was super fucking cool, dude. I like one of my favorite people that I've met through, you know, that shop I was at and tattooing. Nothing but respect for them. They worked at the shop. And I don't even think it was supposed to be an apprenticeship so much as like, hey, we need a shop manager type. They were there for a day and saw the level of like a lot of taking out trash and a lot of like the grunt work, ground level stuff. And very politely told the owner, like, I love you. I still want to come around, but this is not the fit for me, which is like a super mature way to handle it. That they were like, oh, I thought being a shop manager was a lot of like getting to talk to clients, answering phones, emails, administrative work. And it's like oh, a lot of the like ground level, which is hilarious because now they own a cleaning service and the shit that they post is like this tub was like brown and now it sparkles. So clearly not afraid to put in hard work. But I think when it's your own thing, it's a little different. Um so they're great, but it was just funny that like they were around the shop for ever, and then to make the one day of like shadowing and was like, no, thank you. Uh, and I've seen some other apprenticeships go that way where the apprentice is flat out like, this is not what I thought it would be. There was a lady that apprenticed at that same shop for like a week of that. She was like a 42 year old lady. She was a banker and she's like, I'm getting too old. I need to see what would happen or I'll live with what ifs. And she like shadowed the shop for a week and the owner actually ended up giving her her money back even because she was like, this is not a fit for me. And he was like, you were here for a week, fuck it, here's your money back, which is a whole different level of if you want to pay for apprenticeships that I have a lot of thoughts and feelings on, um, which now is not the time because I think it's actually it is about to be six on the dock, literally. Um, that. We should definitely talk about paid versus non-paid apprenticeships 
a lot of feelings around that. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll do that next week. Absolutely. Um, because I have some really strong opinions about paying for an apprenticeship. I do as and well. The and I think they vary a little bit, but I think we understand the reason. Similar. Yeah, yeah. It's about preservation of self for me. Yeah. And not giving away my my stuff for free. I have a workaround for it, I think. And we'll talk about it. Yeah, next time. So yeah, we're for the guests. I've been slacking on trying to get guests. I forgot that you were trying to do that. I, I really need to. I've been traveling for like a month straight. <laughs> cool. And here I am in Florida. Yeah. Hey. All right. Well, um, hey, we never get to hug on camera. Hello, you all. Thanks for coming and doing this uh the way you did. So you could be here today for this. I think this it's great. great. Um, I love the conversation today. Yeah. I feel like our conversations are just kind of getting better and better and better as time is going on. I would agree. So I'm really enjoying this. Um, and uh, I appreciate you all. Uh, once again, thanks to Guy, Gabe, and everybody at Reinventing that helped this happen and facilitate this happening. Because really, all I got to do is make a couple clicks on my computer, and boom, we're making it happen. So much love. Thank you guys so much. Everyone have a wonderful day. Uh, and be kind to yourself. Have some fucking grace for yourself because 